So I know what you're probably wondering. Hey, James, how does it feel to be back in the car after a year, two years being sidelined because of COVID? How does it feel to be back in the car now that gas prices are brutal, debilitating, awful? The answer is, well, it feels great to be back in the car. It feels great to be sharing one-on-one conversations, one-on-more conversations with people who I think are interesting and I hope you think are interesting as well. But when it comes to just lighting money on fire for the sake of power, that brings me to my pal Brent Sopel. I've got a guy. You can have a guy. You can have that guy. Brent Sopel, former Chicago Blackhawk, NHL player, Stanley Cup winner, Brent Sopel. He is your guy who's going to help you switch to solar. Imagine locking in your power rates now so you always know what that fixed cost is going to be month after month, year after year. That's the opportunity with solar. And nothing comes out of your pocket. It's free to get the consultation. And with the tax credits from federal and state, you could save up to 48%, which is significant. And that won't last forever. At some point, those credits are going to go away. I would jump on this now. I mean, it costs you nothing to investigate solar. Let my guy, Brent Sopel, be your guy. SopelSolar.com. Go green, switch to solar, and save yourself a stinkload of money in the process. It's Car Con Carne. So I feel aged and inspired tonight. You probably know Mark Rose from his days in Spitalfield or as a solo artist. These days, he's empowering musicians to create new music and make respectable money doing it, while also giving consumers something truly special and awesome. Mark Rose, to my right, if you're watching on camera or watching on YouTube or Facebook, in the back seat, it is Kyle. He is the beard of Beard and Belly at 6157 North Broadway. Awesome restaurant right by Granville and Broadway. Uh, the belly couldn't join us. We're, we're just with. Who, who wins in a fight, beard or belly? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm bigger, but he's larger. So you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, he, he's better with knives than I am. So he, he's the chef. I'm the the pretty face. You're front of house. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, little bit, little bit. We have we got another guy too, uh, Andrew, who's involved with the company as well. I got to ask you since I, this is timely. I didn't even think about asking this. Uh, the bear on Hulu. Have you watched it yet? Uh, no, but I can't wait for you to ask me a question about it. I, I really wanted to ask Kyle. Okay. Because, I mean, everyone I know who's in the restaurant industry, who's done anything in the service industry, stresses out watching this show. Like, it's, it's said to be super accurate. I haven't because of that. Uh, like, I deal, deal with it all day, so I'm, like, working up the courage to uh, to watch it. It sounds uh, uh, more intense than regular restaurant situations, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those where you get home and do you want to watch about what you've been doing all day is right. interesting. And related, and for context for, for the listeners and viewers, Kyle and I worked at a hot dog place together in high school. So the bear is going to, is gonna I don't know, it's going to make, make some nostalgic feelings happen, I think, when we watch it. Wait, what was the hot dog place you worked at? Uh, it was out in the uh, suburbs at Yorktown Mall with Chicago Hot Dog. That's one of my favorite jobs. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's a great place, yeah. So, and you just said it, Mark, you guys have known each other for forever. That's right. Yeah. Which, this is a lesson. Stay in touch with the people who you were friends with in high school. <laughs> no one knows you better. No one knows your, your failings, your successes, like the people who you came up with. Well, that's that's the damn truth. And Kyle and I, not only we worked at a hot dog place together in high school, but that inspired us to have our own 
Bratfest at the end of like the last day of finals each year from sophomore, junior, and senior year, where we invited everyone from the school to come to my parents' backyard. We had live bands on, you know, the backyard patio, and we had like a, a tent set up for James Bond N64 tournaments. We had we had water balloon stuff going, and brought brought Grillmaster Kyle back there was serving up bratwurst for one dollar. So you know it was a donation technically. We did not have a license, so it was a donation, and uh, yeah, Bratfest. It was a thing, and we want to bring it back. You know how there are some people in high school you just know what they're going to be doing for the rest of their lives. So if I'm hearing you correct. There was live music, live bands performing. There was food being served. Who'd have thought you'd be who you guys are at this <laughs> stage of the game? Yeah, that's that's funny. I hadn't really put that whole thing together, but yeah, you're right. We got Kyle doing Beard and Belly, and you know, actually in 2001, Spitalfield did perform at Broadfest in my parents' backyard. So there yeah, you go. There it is. All right. Cal brought food. It smells amazing, and yeah. far be it for us to ignore hot, delicious food. Again, Beard and Belly is at 6157 North Broadway. Uh, Kyle has been kind enough, hospitable enough. Actually, he's working. Like This dude's been like running deliveries. He's been working all the front of house stuff, so we're lucky to have him in the back seat right now. Oh, yeah. He, he could... He could hop out and hop on that scooter any moment. It's true. <laughs> All right, so Kyle, I, you know, Mark and I were talking about this earlier, and we were talking about, well, do we order off the menu? And my thought was, like, no one knows the menu better than you do, so you tell us what we should eat. So I got uh, a couple things here. We, we're going to start you off with our spicy pickled eggs, which is our take on deviled eggs without all the work. Um, they're, they're a pickle. They have a little bit of our house-made remoulade and then bacon and uh, salt, pepper, and a little <laughs> bit of our herb mixture. Then moving on to uh, the next thing is our poutine, which is one of the things we're known for. It's a short rib poutine, so uh, French fries, short rib, cheese curds, gravy, uh, and then we put cheese, a cheese sauce on top of that. It's very <laughs> thick, very rich. Um, I put one of our burgers in there, so like oh a, our classic burger. Uh, it's the half pint. It's our, our just our everyday burger. It's great. Uh, we use a house blend uh, of meat, and uh, it, it's fantastic. And then I have our Reuben, which we... Uh, smoke in house and uh, you know put all that together so there's a good assortment of food and then uh, after that we have our pie which comes from honey pie which is right next door we teamed up with them uh, they're a bakery out of Milwaukee um, run by uh, 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 Valerie Lux and she is uh, part of this whole uh, whole deal too and we uh, we do pies and cookies and treats and stuff like that so we got the whole the whole deal for you guys Valerie Lux me <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 James I'll, I'll tell you what what I had them do was cut the the pint burger and Brilliant. the Reuben in half so Brilliant. that you can have you know you can sample them both because I really want you to try both now Kyle to me the Reuben is number one in sandwich power rankings I think it's the perfect sandwich oh I mean it it is and like ours we step it up so it's a pastrami Reuben so because uh, you know pastrami is like uh, it's better than corned beef that's mm -hmm. for sure uh, and then you have we do our spicy remoulade on there as well nice marble rye and then uh then kraut and it's so you all. do the remoulade instead of a thousand island yeah and uh the remoulade is like it's such a magical sauce that it just brings everything it, it steps it up to just like a whole nother level of uh sandwich you can put it on anything and it's a fantastic but on the reuben it's it really stands out. Now, I want you to know, everything you brought into the car is exactly what I, what I would have said we should order. <laughs> Good. Yeah, those like, are... I mean, and we must be on the same wavelength. 100%. There. Like, the eggs, I saw them on the menu. I'm like, oh, I wonder if we could bring those in the car. Yes. They travel well. They, they, they're they delicious. They're... Uh, very polarizing for people, but I think you guys will enjoy them because you have good palates. So yeah, yeah. Or, or you can just take the second one to go with you because I won't be having an egg. And that's not a shout at you, Kyle. You, I just don't do the egg thing. So there's that. 
Well, we'll talk about that if you everybody want. Everybody right? has their faults. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's start eating. So, right, Kyle, are, you, are you eating with us, or are you just going to watch? I'm not eating. I'm just going to watch you eat because uh, you know that that's I get off on that. Kyle so. likes to watch. <laughs> I'll shove that forward. I brought some fancy silverware. Oops, fancy uh, so the silver poutine's on top. Oh, here are the eggs. Here are the eggs. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to have to cam- camera everything here. Yeah, and I don't know if you carry a cooler with you, but you could put the second one to go. It's you can have a later. long trip. Home. They hold well. They're pickled and brined. And oh, so, look at that. So we pickle them for three days, and then we let them soak in uh, Frank's Red Hot after that, and then they just sit in Frank's until they're ready to go. All right, you do not want this. That's correct. Okay. There's a fork in there for yes, you. Yes, there is. Okay, so I'm going to try this as everyone watches. It smells amazing. i got to move this microphone out of, out of my face. So we actually started in uh, the long room, um, which is down on Irving Park in Ashland, mm-hmm. And they, that was sort of a little homage to the, the, you know, eggs in the jar that would normally be at a bar like that. And uh, we just like, uh, we like that idea. And they're a lot of fun and we make a lot of them. <laughs> I love the Remlet. And they were I, a I got hit. the Franks at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were a hit at my wedding because, so while they were transitioning out of Long Room and into this establishment here, this beautiful establishment that they operate now, um, I got married in the middle of all that. And I had Beard and Belly cater my wedding, and those eggs were. Ever. Yeah, we were at we were at Metro. I got married on stage at Metro, and we had Kyle and Andrew working. <laughs> and I feel bad because Andrew, I mean, you know, Kyle and I have talked about it, and Andrew and I talked about it as well. It's like, you know, really just wanted them on the dance floor dancing, but I also wanted them serving their delicious food and promoting their restaurant. So it all worked out in the end. So when did you move here? Uh, we came here um, like two and a half at the start of the pandemic is when we opened. So right at, at the start of the shutdown is when we uh, were supposed to open our doors. So we uh, kind of stopped everything for a couple weeks. And then we opened with a skeleton crew and did to-go food only. Like literally our parents and wives were working the front counter. And then after that picked up and we could host people on the patio. Uh, we had like six tables on the patio. We eventually had to uh, fire our parents. Uh, which was uh, an interesting moment where the you know you had to you had to let them go, but we had to get real employees in, so we got them in, and then uh, we as we opened up, we slowly could open up while keeping with all the uh, regulations and everything like that. So we had uh, you know just a few tables inside, and then uh, we opened the bar eventually and got our, our draft system up and running and all that fun stuff. So it's been a it's been a trip. That's yeah, sure. I mean the patio's packed. I, when I walked in here tonight, Kyle, the first thing I thought was, well, this is a neighborhood joint. Like it seems like definitely people who live in this area, maybe you know, down the street over on Kenmore, walking around the corner, having a beer, having a burger, having poutine. Yeah, we want. I mean, we definitely like love our neighborhood uh, people that come in, and we want to attract all of them. And then, you know, we we try and draw people in from Evanston and uh, yeah. you know further north, and then you know all over the city. I you know the goal is to be a the the destination place, right? You got to get to Beard and Belly before you you know if you come into the city. That's the, the hope. Also, this is an exciting time, I think to drop anchor in this particular neighborhood i oh. feel i feel like this this neighborhood's about to turn again and become a thing yeah it was on its way up and then the pandemic took mm-hmm. i mean like three four restaurants like right in the area uh dropped out during the pandemic and it was like really rough but they're uh starting to come back in and it's starting to grow up again and uh we're really excited to be like a kind of a focal point of yeah. the uh of the the neighborhood so like we we uh, are really excited about that we want to be here a long time too yeah so while you're getting some of this food out and going, the other thing is I'm trying to, you know, spearhead some live music here too at Beard and Belly oh. where we could do the like, you know, uh, limited ticket for, for dinner and a show with like singer-songwriter vibes, right? Whether it's on the patio or inside, depending on the health concerns. But, um, you know, I'm talking with like Josh Cater about that and I'm talking I with Bob Nana and we're trying to figure it all out, you know? 
Oh my lord, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. This is the poutine. Can you hold this so I can get the camera yes. on this? There's no good way to, you just got to go at it. How did Americans miss poutine? How did we let Canada have this dish? I, this is so like, it's, it's I don't potatoes, know. it's gravy, it's cheese. This is this is what America was made for right here. And ours is an amped up version of it. Like, I mean, poutine is just cheese curds, gravy, and fries, right? So ours, we added the short yeah. ribs onto it. We added the cheese sauce just to make it a... I don't know, more American. <laughs> it looks and smells ridiculous. All right, so Mark, are we, we're not standing on ceremony here, are we? No, let's just go. No, let's jump just in. Go. go for it. Short ribs, cheese, cheese sauce. Uh, everything's made in-house. Fries are hand-cut. Uh, we don't. They are. We wow. don't make anything. Uh, we try not to use anything uh, pre-made. So the only thing we don't make is the bread that we use, and we don't make uh, the ketchup because nobody likes house-made ketchup is what we've discovered. That's really good. The, the gravy has a sweetness to it, mm -hmm. which goes really well with the cheese. And it could be part of the, the cheese could be part of. It takes cheese. us three days to make the gravy, so we just cook. We cook down, uh, you know, beef bones and a stock, and we just reduce that and keep Dude. reducing it until it's uh, where we like it. Oh, I love this. Yeah, it's one of our most popular items. And when we first opened, we we uh, didn't want to do fries because it was all carryout. And we were, like, really worried that the fries were going to be steamed and they weren't going to be good. And we got so many emails and Facebook messages and, you know, uh, Instagram messages about uh, the poutine that we just we had to bring it back. And we brought it in, and it's it's number one uh, fry selling uh and you have concoction. to share this. You have to order this and share this. Yeah, absolutely. We do a smaller version, too. So you guys got the, the big version, which mm -hmm. is enough for a meal. Mm -hmm. uh, the smaller one is uh, is a little more, but everything's big here. We don't do we do not do small things. It's not, our, uh, it's not our style. I'm not a small guy. The belly's not a small guy. So we, uh, we make sure that we, uh, you know, everybody leaves full and happy. <laughs> They're trusted, you know. You just look at them and you trust them. Mm -hmm. This is going to be one of those podcast episodes that I leave and have the windows down, the air conditioning cranked, because all I want to do is, like, go to sleep. <laughs> That's right. Radio up. But best to take a nap. We do brunch, too, on Saturdays and Sundays. That's the perfect, uh, uh, you know, eat something and then take a nap. We do all our uh, all our meats are in-house, so, like, uh, the pastrami's done in-house, our sausages are done in-house. Uh, like, so, so the biscuits and gravy in the morning is, the biscuits Ooh, are done by those the... those are great. Oh, they're amazing. Biscuits are done by the bakery next door, and then we do uh, the sausage uh, sausages made in-house by uh, our Matt the Butcher, and then we do the gravy in-house and everything. So, like, you get everything's fantastic. Kyle, I'm pretty sure by the time we're done with this, we're going to be best friends. The, the, I, I hope so. The, <laughs> Kyle, can't win, have you can't win people over with food. You can't. I mean, what, do you, what do I got going for me? Have you all thought about putting in some cots where you could be like, come here and eat and then take a nap? We've uh, we've toyed around the the idea of it. That that would be, a, you know, Jump just going to the, yeah, go the mm -hmm. basement. It's nice mm -hmm. and cool down there, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a big, big wave of, like, mental health awareness and stuff. And I feel mm -hmm. like naps are... Are a big part of mental health it's awareness. Self-care, bro. You no, know, it's yeah. self-care. Yeah. Eat a, <laughs> eat a poutine. Go take a nap. Maybe we'll rent one of the apartments one day, and we'll uh, we'll be able to just uh, rent the rooms out for yeah. people that have eaten at Beard and Belly. Hey, if nothing else, they could be like stabbing cabins. I'm yeah. thinking about yeah. anyone who's that watching, you know, the video feed here that is watching me struggle to feed myself, and it's because I am left-handed. I don't know. Oh no! No, no. But this is going <laughs> fine. I'm doing okay. Also, I'm doing the. You know, the heavy lifting with you the are. correct hand. So. Dude, I'm the host. I'm heavy lifting here. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm going to stop here. Yeah. Move on. So if you want to switch hands and keep going, just because I'm afraid I won't be able to eat the Reuben. No, and no. The we well, if you eat all of that, you won't. We that, must move on. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a meal for sure. Mm -hmm. you got to try the Reuben and the burger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to put that in the dash? Mm-hmm. See yeah. how delicate a balance this whole thing is? Right, this is definitely lighter. Than the poutine. 
<laughs> yeah, pulling this is heavy. This thing is... <laughs> it was like pulling a dwarf star out of that paper bag. <laughs> All right, let's see how this goes. I mean, if here. it doesn't weigh like at least a pound or two, you right, got that's something going, going okay, on. but note when we move that, that the top is kind of resting. You know, okay, this is definitely the Rubenick because I see the No, remolette. that's the burger. That's the burger. Oh, oh cause, okay. The so remoulade is just for the chips. Got it. Okay, so let's look at the burger. I'm gonna. Actually, I'm so glad you cut it in half. Yeah. Look at that. American cheese. Uh, no, we use a uh, butter case as our cheese. So it's I, don't, like, I don't know what butter case is. It's like a cross between cheddar and American, so it uh, has more flavor than American, but it melts better than cheddar does. That's it. American cheese is the melty cheese, and yep. pe- people tend to get snooty about American cheese, but when it comes to burgers, you, you want you want it to become one with the, the yeah the we, we wanted all the the, the bet we wanted the best version of a burger that we could come up with so it's very simple it's a potato bun mm-hmm. uh it's our awesome sauce which is basically a dijonese with sun-dried tomato puree in it mm. um to give you all those flavors because we tried mixing all three of them the ketchup mayo and mustard together and it was kind of gross uh so we changed that then we do a our our blend that we get um and our blend is uh sirloin uh navel and um chuck um, and so that's done to, uh, for us by a, a company, and they, they blend it up, and it's just really nice. To, it adds the qualities that we were looking for in the burger. We tried several kinds of meat before we settled on that. Uh, and then the butter case is just a great uh, melty cheese. It's got a lot of great flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinly sliced pickles, which is another thing we don't do in-house because uh, Vienna beef kind of has that, has that down. So we use Vienna, Vienna pickles. and uh, Never heard of them. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. And you got, you got to do pickles on a burger like this. It, it, it's the contrast with the crunch and the, yep. the coldness. It, it, it really is a nice. We tried different levels of thicknesses and things like that, and we decided to do the thin sliced pickles on there um, just because it, it works the best, I think. And we do lots of other burgers. This is our, like, the simplest of the burgers we do. We have a Boomers and Swiss uh, which is fantastic. Uh, we do the belly's got a burger. Beard has a burger, as well. Uh, we do a burger of the month uh, mm-hmm. every month. Next uh, month is the the America burger, which is uh, going to be uh, patty, cheddar cheese, deep fried pickles. Everything's covered in ranch, you know, America. <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> My concern with this burger is it eats really fast. Like, yep. Like I I can pound this burger. <laughs> we do a bigger version too for the, right. the people that need. Uh, need a little bit more beef in their this life. This is so good. Yeah. And you know the I love that you're you're saying the America or America burger with the ranch thing because so funny like when you travel overseas like you know the the cooler ranch chips are called cooler american which I find to be hilarious. Yeah, we make our ranch in house. It's it's a really nice uh, I mean everything everything's done in house, so I love it's it. fantastic. That's a popular one. That's one of the few burgers we bring back every we bring it back every July. For the Fourth of July, and uh, and uh, yeah, it goes over really well. So we're gonna keep doing that. That blend of meat is great. Yeah, oh, well, there's bacon it, on that get, burger get too. Get the homemade chips and get them in the sauce. The variety of dips that are available, if you will. Yeah, we do. Uh, so ketchup ranch, spicy remoulade, garlic mayo, uh, a apple serrano barbecue sauce, and then an onion dip uh, that has like a you know onions and uh, jalapenos and, and things like that in it. It's a cream cheese based dip. Oh, that one's really good too. I love how it finishes with a little bit of heat. Yeah, the the remoulade that remoulade's mm-hmm. got a little kick to it for sure. There's like just enough to let you know it's there. Fifteen ingredients in that remoulade. So, Cal, you mentioned you described one of the other sauces as magical, and then this one you referred to as awesome sauce. Yeah, the the awesome sauce is on the burger. That's what it is on the menu, just because it's awesome. 
Uh, and and uh, sauce. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you make them, when you take the time to, to make all the, the mayo and stuff like that, it, you know, it, it, it has a special quality to it. Like mm-hmm. I can taste when people don't do that and you can tell when ranch isn't made fresh and all that Agreed. fun stuff. So like, uh, I think like I can't eat other ranch now. I have to bring ours home to, uh, cause that's just what my whole family is adjusted to is the, the ranch <laughs> that we serve here. So, uh, I'm going to have one more chip and then we're going to bust out Reuben. This is. I'm excited for you to have the Reuben. That's it's one of my favorite sandwiches. Yeah. And we were doing all this and like with really small production when we were at the long room, and so when we came here, we got to open up and spread our wings a little bit and everything. And uh, um, you know, I can't I can't say enough about the opportunity to to work there. That we were just a little window um, in the bar um, serving food, but like it was a great way to start and oh, yeah. figure out how to do everything. And and I love that place because uh, they helped us be here. Right. <laughs> so that's right. right. Here we go. All right, closing shop here. Okay, so we have the Reuben cut in half. You got As a for the request. egg here, I don't want that to. Uh, well, there's another egg. <laughs> fall behind your seat or anything. Yeah. Be, that would be very unpleasant. <laughs> so that's the garlic okay. mayo is the sauce okay. in there with the chips on that I'm one. Hand you the garlic mayo. Okay. You put that on the dash. Yeah. I need I need shelves in the car. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to hold up a yep. ribbon? Yes, I sure. I absolutely want to. Using your sinestral hand? Yep. There we go. Oh, there's the kraut. That good-looking pastrami. The marbled rye. All right, bueno. Now we dig in. Yeah, I agree. I, I do like you know, the classic Reuben with the corned beef, but pastrami is just... It's just better. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 fancy corned beef as yeah, far as exactly. I'm concerned. It's smoked. You put more time into it. You know. I mean, if you're getting a if you're getting a Reuben at a diner, I would expect corned beef, right? But mm-hmm. we we didn't want to just do that, so we uh you know we made it made our own and. And how long does it take to make the pastrami? Oh, I don't know exactly how long it's smoked. I want to say we smoke it for like six to eight hours um, mm-hmm. in the smoker, but then it sits on brine for a couple weeks, and, uh, you know, it's got to get rubbed down, and that sits for a day, like, in the rub, and then we smoke it for, uh, yeah, the six to eight hours, I want to say. The pastrami's legit. Yeah. <laughs> that is legit. Thank I lo- you. It's got that smoky taste. Kraut, what do you think, Mark? Oh, I mean, I love it. I love it. I've had it. I'll have it again. <laughs> I was, yeah, when when I was riffing with Kyle on like, you know, oh my god, this situation. I'm I'm so happy to hear that you would have selected this on your own because 100%. this is one of the best sandwiches on the menu. I also love the buffalo chicken sandwich y'all have, which is like three meals, by the way. Yeah, it's it's a big, huge. We we uh we were getting in because of the pandemic. We couldn't get in the the right size uh, breast, uh, so we we were getting what they call randoms, and so they were anywhere from you know, like four ounces to 12 ounces. Uh, and we, we were serving those and it just ended up being one of our more popular sandwiches and everything. So we've, uh, you know, tried to keep that the same. I, I love this Reuben. Yeah, that's my so favorite. Good. I think that's my favorite sandwich on our, on our menu. Uh, it, it's, it's just fantastic. And again, I'm getting that, that little bit of heat from the remoulade, mm-hmm. which is something you don't normally get in a Reuben. Yep. And I, lo- I like having that balanced in there yeah nothing overpowering though we didn't right. want to like we don't we don't want to like blow anybody's you know if we say it's going to be spicy then it, it'll be spicy but like you know that's enough i think just to keep people interested plus i mean you know you should be drinking beers i know we're in a car but normally you're drinking beers or cocktails and stuff and uh you know that goes really well with uh with a nice cold draft so <laughs> we have plenty of those we do all uh 
all craft stuff, um, you know, so Dude, it's if all... I, if I had an IPA while eating this food, I, I wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> well, then you get a nice Pilsner, you know, it's a little lighter, a little uh-huh. easier to drink, you know? They, uh... Yeah. The more you hear about this menu, the more you're going to be like, what time do you open tomorrow? You're just standing out here. Well, based on the gravy from the poutine, the idea of having biscuits and gravy for brunch mm-hmm. is a really attractive one. Oh yeah, we do a we do a brunch brat too, uh, which is uh, this is my, one of my favorite things I think I've ever even heard of. It's a pork sausage with bacon, egg, and cheese stuffed in the sausage, oh. um, and then we serve it with a uh, sriracha mayo and a little bit of uh, like crispy onions. So it's you know the whole the whole brunch meal all in one handheld convenient device. Um, again, all made in house by our, our butcher, uh, Matt the butcher, is what he likes to be referred to. Kyle, have you thought about having a Beard and Belly podcast where you just read the menu and describe the food? I, I have now. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I love business podcasts, like behind the scenes type mm-hmm. stuff. I, I think you should. I, I'll, I'll look into it. This is my first uh, experience with a podcast. So uh, How's it going know. so far? Uh, great, great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> also, it could be like a sleep app, you know. Some people would like just love hearing Kyle talk about this food while they go to sleep, you know. Uh, that Reuben... That, that was the way to finish that bag. That was... Awesome. Well, we have pie, too, so I just got to run oh, in and grab it whenever you're ready for the pie. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Let, maybe let's give our bodies a moment to pause. Sure. Yeah, it's always good to breathe while you're and eating. Maybe as Mark and I get super nerdy about music and his music and downright, maybe that's a time for you to run out and... Sure. Yeah, I'm into it. I, uh, so you don't like roll your eyes because you've heard all the stories a million times before. I've heard them. I was a part of some of them, maybe in there uh, in the, <laughs> at the shows. I was a frequent member of Spitalfield shows and things of that nature. So uh, I went to as many as I could because they're awesome. So <laughs> it's fun having one of your favorite bands be also one of your one of your good friends uh, that that runs it. So that's uh, winning on all ends in, in my sure. in my Thank book. You. So for sure it is. Well, let's start. We'll get to Spitalfield. Let's talk about Downright. Yes. For people who haven't heard of Downright, yeah, they understand the concept of cameo. Sure, Downright preceded cameo by yeah. a few years. Yeah, explain what Downright is. Yeah, Downright is a platform where artists, specifically in this case songwriters, make themselves available for creative commissions. Where you, as a fan, as a commissioner, as somebody who wants to support that artist, you can directly inspire them to create new original music. You can provide the backing story, you can select the production level, anything from you know, a single instrument, single vocal, home bedroom recording, all the way up to a studio production, depending on what you need this music for. And, and the needs for the music can be anything from a big fan of that artist having a life moment, or, or just because, and something to their like personal playlist. Or yeah. A bar mitzvah. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, having if you if you're a big fan of our co-founder Bob Nana, so Bob is Braid and Hey Mercedes mm-hmm. and all these things. If if you if you love Braid and you love Bob, and you want Bob to write a song, that's literally going to be the first dance at your wedding. You can do that on Downright. And what's important about it is that it keeps artists creative, mm-hmm. and it keeps them uh, earning and getting mm-hmm. paid. And and really in this like landscape that we're in now you know times have changed so much that you know artists used to make records and then go support them on tour and now it's the exact opposite right so you know with with everything being digital and streaming and record sales being down 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 
you know, maybe uh, Sans Vinyl, which made a big comeback, mm -hmm. you know, Downright is a place where an artist can say, hey, between albums, between tours, or like just to supplement what I'm already doing creatively, it's going to keep me inspired and keep me paid. So artists can use it how they want to. They're setting their own price points, their mm -hmm. own turnaround times, their own queue, you know, the different production levels they want to offer. So some artists love the idea of going into the studio to do something big for someone's big moment or for, you know, someone's commercial needs even, you know, all the way down so, to uh, saying, for hey. For a podcast, for yeah. other podcasters, hey, I need a theme song and I need something that's royalty free. I, I'm going to have Richard Patrick from Filter do it. That's right. That's right. And, and the way... You know, the way we see it, we're setting up artists for success because they're creating catalog that then they can do things with. They might write a song for somebody, you know, who just gives them a good idea or a good story. And they end up writing a song they love that say, hey, I'm going to go re-record this with my project and actually put it out. Or, um, you know, or an artist could say, hey, like, this is really personal and just for you. And, you know, it's going to stay that way. And I think that that's cool, too. Like, you know, so artists can use the platform how they see fit. And you mentioned podcast hosts. I'm also thinking independent filmmakers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like for soundtracks? Can, yeah. Bring back original songs on soundtracks, yes. right? Like, what a great idea. Yeah. And, and Chicago has so many independent... I mean, the, the world has so many independent filmmakers. I'm just yeah. thinking in terms of our own backyard here. But. Yeah. Right. So we're doing our best as we grow here because we... You mentioned we, we predated, you know, Cameo. Yeah, Bob and I started the, the company. We launched it in 2013 with profiles for just the two of us. And we're not tech people, we're not marketing people, but we are musicians who saw a need. And we, we started by saying, hey, Bob and Bob and I, we were talking to each other saying, let's be creative um, and let our fans know. You give us a prompt and pay us a little money, we'll make you a demo. And then that quickly evolved into let's make it a community, which then grew into, hey, it's our friends that we've toured with, it's people that we trust and say, hey, there's gonna be some bumps along the way because we don't know what we're doing, but we think there's something here. And then that grew into a scalable platform where there's other genres represented. Yes. There's different, you know, different different walks of life, you know, here, different career arcs here. You've got platinum songwriters and you've got complete up and comers. But the one thing everybody has in common is they know the power of music. And, you know, anyone who makes music is also probably a fan of music and they know the music that meant a lot to them. Yeah. And to think, oh, Mark, who would you commission if you can commission anybody to make you a song or to make your a song for your family or, you know, for your best friend or whatever? And I'm like, I've got that list, right? So we're trying to make that list happen. I think that's so... And before I talk about the business, I, I just kind of want to go deeper into what this is. I mean, anyone can ask someone like Art Alexakis, the... the the yeah. voice, the songwriter, principal songwriter of Everclear to record a song. In fact, there's a song on your website, on the Downright website, that Art did, which was a deeply personal song he recorded for someone. Yeah. It, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, oh my... And that, to me, really underscored what this platform can do. Because yeah. I mean, his voice is so so recognizable. Yeah, And right. he's, he's basically like you're inviting him into your world, and he's he's playing along. He's part of it. It's yeah, wild. and it's been it's been nothing short of amazing to see artists at different levels, mm -hmm. you know, kind of step up to say like I'm I'm up for this challenge, and I'm not you know like you know it's almost like they're opening themselves up for the most personal interaction they could probably possibly have with somebody, right? It is. So you think about the whole world of like the VIP experience, the people who want to pay extra to get in early and see the sound check or get a one on one convo or a photo, all those things, like. To tell those folks, hey, by the way, you can you can commission something from me that will start as something for you. Like, 
I think that's incredible. How cool would it be to have somebody make music for you and then it ends up on an album and you can when it pops up on I don't know the radio or whatever you're like that song was written for me like right. I mean, there's nothing cooler than that it's like being just being a fan of music like that's awesome well the beard and belly podcast I mean beard and belly could have a theme song you don't We're, even need a podcast you could say hey Nathan Graham I want you to do some cool acoustic guitar thing yeah that speaks to beard and belly which, yeah. by the way, would be awesome. Yeah, it that would be, be super be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're coming up with something as we uh-huh. talk here. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Nathan Graham, and you, you kind of mentioned this, all the artists who are part of Downright, are, are they all curated by you and Bob Nana? No, so it started that way because at first it was pretty much like an invite kind of thing because we were just trying to get more artists you know, on board and understanding how to use it. And we were figuring things out. Like Mm -hmm. what do, what do fans want? What do artists want? And there were a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but eventually we shifted into, it's an open source platform because we don't want to be the curators to tell people what's good or not, or who should be, or shouldn't be able to record anything. We're more so saying, Hey, as long as you are who you say you are, and we, you know, have some, you know, legalities about that to make sure that, you know, um, you know, the ghost of John Lennon doesn't have an account charging people $500,000 for a 10 second, exactly. you know, uh, spoken word. But, you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we're at a, we're at a spot now where it's like, Hey, whoever you are, wherever you're at in your career, like make an account, like there's no cost to be here and you're setting your own rules for how you want to use it. So we've got terms of service in place. We spent, you know, time, effort, and money with mm-hmm. an entertainment lawyer to say, let's make sure artists here are, able to really dictate what's going on like they're always going to be co-owners of the material they're always going to get paid on the front end to create it let's open the door to, for the back end for potential for royalties if a song is going to be used for something or a re-record where an artist can take it elsewhere and do stuff with it like we just want to be artists forward at all times possibly to our own detriment in some ways because bob and i are so you know bleeding heart towards artists just because of the industry being as you know rough of a ride as it can be uh-huh well, and speaking of money and the financials, downright artists receive no less than 80% on front-end commissions and at least 75% on all back-end royalties and sync fees. I mean, this is a no-brainer. That's awesome. Right, yeah. I mean, from, from, from dollar one, you know? And, like, the commissioners have a small play here, too, because if something is going to get commercialized... They're not going to have ownership. We made that clear. We make sure commissioners understand that because we don't want someone to feel like they're being bought to do something. Right. I mean, of course, if there's a buyout clause, we could talk legally. But um, what we're, th- we're thinking is if you help inspire something that that artist then wants to do something with, or if you are that independent filmmaker, why not have a little action on the back end if something's going to get used? Because yeah. then you've got skin in the game and you, you care even more. So if you're an independent filmmaker and you say, I want 10 original songs from these artists that I'm handpicking to be in my film, number one, huge differentiator from other films that you're competing against Uh because you have original music right also god you could do an entire movie soundtrack from downright right right source your entire soundtrack from there right and we and we have a couple of filmmakers who are doing that which is like crazy something we want to grow more into and i'd love to talk to you about some of the like film people you might know Mm -hmm. in the area but like yeah like that that to me is so important and knowing that those commissioners then are like oh wow you know kyle mentioned like what if a song that I got for, you know, my significant other inspires a, a track that ends up being put on a record for one of my favorite artists or one of their solo projects yeah. or something. Like, cool, now you're a part of that too, which is neat. As a side note, you know what this makes me think? Hmm. N- NFTs are really stupid. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, man. This, this is special. This is something really special here. Um, 
so I mentioned Irv Alexakis, Bob Nana's on the platform, obviously. Mark Rose is on the platform. Yeah. Also, I, I had Omar Doom on my show a couple weeks ago. Nice. Uh, Quentin Tarantino favorite. He's been in a couple Tarantino movies, most famously Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He does this really dark synthwave stuff. Yeah. You can commission Omar Doom. Yeah. Uh, Adrian from the Burst and Bloom, former Carcon Carne guest. You can have him. Yeah. Create something. Nathan Graham, Christina Catone, um, The Fold, Justin Warfield from She Wants Revenge. Right. I mean, that would be a cool one to commission. Actually, Justin Warfield is a. I'm so glad you brought him up because he is one of the artists. Um, who he, not, for starters, he he does work with us on the platform. So he's somebody. He's not just an artist on the site. He's, oh, he's someone behind the scenes who's helping us in so many mm-hmm. ways. But Justin has a track that he did for a fan that was released commercially as a downright original, and it just came out like a week and a half ago. Oh, get out! And yeah, yeah, and um, so it's it's on all streaming platforms, and there's you know there's we're, we're getting behind it, right? To push it out for some yeah. playlisting and some PR and stuff. But really, the fan that got this is such a huge fan. And then Justin turned around to say, hey, by the way, I'm going to release this song. I'm going to... I can't imagine what that feels like. Yeah, and it's one of his first solo tracks as like, you know, post She Wants Revenge, but also like, you know, he's got his hip hop part of his career too from earlier on. But this is one of his first like, you know, indie rock tracks that's just under his name. That's amazing. I do want to mention uh, this podcast is brought to you by Transparent Solar. Go to SopalSolar.com to get your quote and start living free from the the oppression of high electric bills. All right. On that note, I think it's pie time as we keep talking. Pie time. Yeah, pie I'll time. Go get, I'll go get some pie. It'll Synchronized watches. Pie it's pie time. <laughs> I, I love pie. Yeah. I, more so than cake? I can't believe there's people out there who prefer cake over pie. No, no, no. Pie is the clear winner. Yeah. So you mentioned this. I mean, you and Bob Nana are not tech people. You're not platform builders. You're not database. You're not SQL superstars. <laughs> so how did you scale this out? I mean, were, were there a lot of bumps along the way? Or? Yeah, well, to, to kick things off, um, we had the tripod going with uh, the two of us plus Dan Reed. And Dan Reed was someone that Bob you know, has known for a long time. And, and also he was a tech person at Threadless. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bob was at Threadless for many, many years, and so was Dan Reed. And so Dan Reed helped us build v, you know, V1, the very first version of Downright. And once we started to get some traction and got some, you know, some name, you know, notable, name-worthy artists that were like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. And we started to see the commissions coming in and the artists actually getting paid to create music. We were then able to say, all right, we need to raise some, some cash here to actually do a bigger mm-hmm. build. So friends and family was the first thing. Of course. It was like, get this stuff going. And, That's and, the number one seed right, right there. Yeah. And, and, and we did that. And, and we did a couple iterations of the site where we were just making tweaks on the fly and a lot of, a lot of point-and-shoot tech stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, with independent coding folks or people we knew where we're like, hey, how much to do this, this, and this? Because that's all we can do right, yeah, right. now. Um, and then that eventually got us to a spot where uh, we built a, a new team that launched the most recent version of the site, which is just over a year old. And the biggest difference is there is that there is a true, you know, great tech team that built this and maintains it and is pushing forward with ideas because you know we were limited by what we could actually pull off on the site you know and we didn't want to just do a plug and play like you know hack like a a wordpress or shopify thing we were like no we we need to have a site that is like (laughs) you know ours that that you know represents where we're going well for what this product is i mean yes the the delivery mechanism the communication between commissioner and artist i mean that all needs to be seamless and easy and proprietary 
Yeah, when you when you commission an artist and they accept it, and that's another important note, artists can accept or decline. So, mm-hmm. you know, artists are not beholden to your request. Right. <laughs> um, but if they if they read it and it makes sense to them and they're excited about it and they want to get going on it, once they accept the uh, request, a project portal opens on Downright where the artist and commissioner can communicate in like a chat functionality type thing, you know, with updates on stuff or, or an artist can say, Hey, I loved your story. Tell me more about that part of the story. Cause oh, that's, that's what I want to so dig cool. into. Or, you know, if, if I, I knew I wanted to talk to you about this, I think yeah. this is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. We think it's cool too. We've been at it for so long now that we're like watching the rest of, you know, the, the world catch up with yeah. like other types of, Obviously, Cameo is big and way bigger than, than, than we are. But to see that access to artists and access, you know, in different ways, things like Patreon, things like, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen Kickstarter. We've seen all these things. We kind of want to be the most song-driven version of those things, the artist-driven version of those things. Because Patreon's a great tool for a lot of artists, and I'm, I'm very thankful that it exists for so many artists who need it, especially sure. throughout the pandemic. But there's nothing about Patreon that is specifically about the craft that the artist you know uh does it's more like they end up kind of having to do a lot of things suddenly it's kind of like oh now they have to curate their own special episodes of stuff and they have to take you behind the scenes and they have to do special concerts and special this and all that's cool but we're here to say no no work with an artist to help them create you know why you love them to begin with which is the music they make from a cynical perspective when i first heard about downright my my first thought was isn't writing a song hard? Like, how how is it possible for all these artists to turn songs around on a dime? It seems like, you know, from artists I've talked to through the years, it, it takes a lot longer to, to put something together, to to get a riff going, to find that sequence of chords and notes. What am I missing? Yeah, well, I'd say that you're not wrong. So, for starters, <laughs> artists, <laughs> they're all different, right? Which is why we let them set their own turnaround times. And mm-hmm. once they kind of get their feet wet and do a commission or two, they might understand their own process a little differently because it's very different to like paint with someone else's paints yeah. versus what you're doing for your own project already, right? So sometimes perfection is the enemy of good because I agree with that. because if you if you take um, an artist and, and, and say, hey, you're, you're going in this room, you're dedicating this time, you've got your instruments, you've got a story, you might come up with something incredible that takes you a few hours that's really special, whereas that same project could have taken weeks and years to get an artist to say, I'm going to put this out now, right? So I I do believe that, you know, the ease of writing songs, the people that have been writing songs forever, you know, it really depends how, how, how tight to their vest they hold certain things about their process because a lot of artists are finding, at least through through Downright that I've talked to them about it, that once they take on a request, they might feel a little, a little overwhelmed at first. And then as they like finish it and hit the delivery button, they're like, I can't wait for them to hear it. That's cool. And like, I kind of want to play that song <laughs> next time I'm on stage, which is cool. Right. And you said it. I mean, an artist can accept or reject yeah, an right. idea. So, I mean, as they're going through that process of acceptance and they're reading the, the details and, and the minutia about why this request is being made, that can light a spark. I mean, that that's... Yeah. Sometimes as a songwriter, you don't have that spark when you sit down. But if you kind of if it if that torch is already lit, I'm using lots of fire metaphors. Uh, it certainly must help. It does help. And I'd say that, you know, thinking about, you know, my own experiences, it's like think about like the pile that I have. I think about the pile of like unfinished ideas that I have. And sometimes these requests come in and I'm like that idea that I've had that I've been sitting on for so long, I'm going to make into this song. 
And then that is so cool because then I'm kind of like multitasking being like, I'm bringing something in my brain that maybe never would have gotten out there to life through somebody else's story. And now I'm finishing this song. And again, like I mentioned earlier, an artist can take pieces of this stuff and apply it to other things they're doing. So you might write a great hook in a very personal song and say, Hey, that personal stuff's for you, but I love this hook and I'm going to put this in my next song. That makes perfect sense. All right. Right. So we have pie. You do have pie. All right. So tell us what we're going to eat here, Kyle. I'm, I got to be honest. I love the Reuben. I love the burger. I love the poutine. Love the eggs. I'm really excited about the pie. Oh, you should be excited about the pie. So we teamed up with uh, Honey Pie. They're a bakery out of Milwaukee. Um, the owner is Val Lux, and she uh, makes the best pie in the country, maybe the world. Uh, it's fantastic. I love it. I have very little to do with it, which is fantastic also. Uh, so <laughs> it, it it is done. Um, so we have two cream pies for you today. We do cream pies, we do fruit pies, we do savory pies, we do brownies and cookies and everything. And everything is is uh, just you know made from scratch, and uh, we do it where we can, uh, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So I I have a, a coconut cream pie for you, and then a black bottom banana, which is uh, chocolate on the bottom, banana cream on top, and then you know nice uh, amount of uh, fresh whipped cream and all that fun stuff. So I love cream pie. I mean coconut and banana. Those, those are they're, that's they're, it. There's some of our more popular uh, flavors for sure, and uh, we rotate all our pies, so it changes every week. You can uh, special order pies on our website, so we have a big event coming up. We're getting a bunch for the 4th of July, so we're doing a bunch of apple pies and chocolate cream pies and things like that. So, um, yeah, you just can go on to honeypiechicago.com and uh, and order them there, or you can just walk into our shop and pick them up too. So I I love this little health food corner of Edgewater. This is great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're we're definitely the healthy. There's a smoothie place down the road. There you go. There you go. No, I have to I have to mention the pistachio pie, though, because it is so good. good The pistachio cream pie is fantastic. And it is there are tons of pistachios go into it, um, like real pistachios. So it's not neon green. Yeah. yeah. When you get it, it's, uh, you know, the color that it should be. and yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like I said, everything is done uh, in house, and uh, our bakers are fantastic that that uh, rock it all out. Okay, so I'll hand go. that over. I got some fresh forks for you too. Oh, good. Oh, fresh forks. Here. Unless you want poutine pie, which I don't I, think I, is. I don't uh, do it. But oh, it's oh, it already smells so good. Right, oh, this is insane, Kyle. We can't eat all this. Well, you have to take some home. <laughs> I'm gonna grab the camera real quick, Mark. Yep. All right, let's do the great reveal. I mean, you can smell how... Oh, my Lord. Yeah, each pie, I think, weighs close to, like, seven pounds or something like that. So, like, we don't uh, we don't skimp on anything uh, ever. Thank <laughs> you, sir. Just not our way. All right, so you had mentioned coconut as your jam, so why don't you start with the, the coconut? Coconut is my jam. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just sit back. You got to get some of the graham crust on the bottom, too, so... Yeah, I got mostly cream on that. Here we go. Yeah, we do a healthy amount of whipped cream, uh, you know. You got it. There you go. That's a great bite. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's that's real coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. We don't uh, we don't use any fake uh, fake stuff. And you can tell the difference because fake coconut is just like super sweet. Well, it tastes like suntan lotion. Yes. Like, you know, and it's like I don't want to eat that even at the oh, beach. Oh, that's really good. Mm. Yeah, we do. Uh, uh, we so we do graham cracker crust. We do a couple of our pies have an Oreo uh, crust base as well, um, and then we do uh, a tiger crust too, which is a blend of Oreos and uh, graham. Uh, they're they're all fantastic. I I can't I can't even describe how many. And there's there's so many different flavors of pies, it's hard to uh, even 
think about them sometimes because but they're That's my favorite I, I bring them home i bring them home to my family my kids love them they request pie and stuff and <laughs> uh get disappointed if i don't bring it home so you know i mean i eat this i eat our food and i eat the pie i eat it every week you know i eat it every day <laughs> which isn't probably Kyle, how crazy does it get around thanksgiving with the pie oh, orders that y'all it, go, it goes it gets nuts um you know we we keep trying to push and again we've only been open kind of during the pandemic so we haven't even really truly seen what we'll be capable of but i think last year we did somewhere in the six to eight hundred range of uh, pies on thanksgiving and we'd love to break a thousand uh you know which would just be fantastic they call it the bakers call it the pieocalypse because uh, it's just <laughs> it's just an influx of, of pies and obviously we have pumpkin and apple and uh, do all those and um, we just ship you know we spend all day just sending pies out before thanksgiving um and then we're closed on Thanksgiving generally, but uh, we, we still get some pies out in the morning and stuff like that, too. So uh, Thanksgiving is our biggest pie holiday, sure. followed by uh, Pie Day, uh, oddly oh, yeah. enough, March and 14th, then uh, sure. which you, you don't think it's going to be, but people really want to eat a piece of pie on Pie Day. Uh, and then Mother's Day is always a big one, too, for us. Uh, so we love all those holidays. We love all holidays. Fourth of July is a great one. Get, get your pies. You get get them want, now. <laughs> you know what I'd want to do with either of these pies? I'd want to get one to go. These would be great with coffee after dinner. Oh, 100%. We, we have a drip coffee. We also have a cold brew on draft. Uh, oh, nitro, that's called Kyoto Black. He's a local guy right down the street. Um, does fantastic Kyoto-style uh, cold brew coffee. And it is that's some of the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. I, I would imagine that would be spectacular with these pies. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, so is a glass of whiskey. You know, it depends on, you know, what you're looking for. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, I won't be offended if you say no, but are you going to try the banana? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think you really should. Yeah, you gotta get all the way down too because it's, it's got that I'm chocolate good. on the chocolate on the bottom too. Mm. Fresh ingredients make all the difference in the world. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and you can just tell when something is fresh. We don't use any stabilizers in our whipped cream either, so it's all it's all fresh, and you know they whip it up every day. And um, yeah, when it's hot like this outside, it, it it'll it'll melt if you take too long to uh, eat it and stuff, which I think is a good Absolutely. thing because it's not uh, doesn't mean there's anything fake in there. So, and we also use, especially with the pies, um, you know, we use uh, a lot of local stuff, and so like our uh, cherry pies are very frequently um, Door County cherries uh, coming in, and then you know we'll get uh, you know peaches in, and we'll get those uh, you know those come up from Georgia sometimes, uh, which isn't necessarily local, but they have the best peaches. So. Uh, and then, yeah, all the, like, local creameries and things like that and, and all that fun stuff, so. Um, and just like with the coconut, the banana's not crazy sweet. Mm-hmm. It, it's not artificial. It just, it, it's appropriate. It, it just, I, I know it's not a sexy way to describe it, but that is an appropriate flavor for that pie. That is great. That's what we go for. And, like, the pistachio pie that Mark mentioned earlier is a very polarizing pie for people because some people expect it to be incredibly sweet and then it like a like a shamrock shake from mcdonald's or yeah. something but then it's not and and like they're like what's wrong and they're like that's pista- that's what pistachios taste like like they're a they're a nut you know so it's they're not they're not like sweet like right. like what people make them do and they're not neon green either like you know it's not a you know it's just not that so we we, we definitely do that and uh, you know some of the pies get sweeter and things like that but uh i think they're all perfectly balanced and they're Those all like they're made and they're tested and you know val comes down and checks them 
you know, make sure that the bakers are, are staying on and, and, and doing what they need to be doing. So like, and, and corrects things when, um, and she's fantastic to watch do her thing. Like she can correct a pie dough from, you know, three blocks away and tell you that there's too much water in it or whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic to watch. So again, we're outside Beard and Belly. It's not like people are joining us in progress. It's not like a radio show. Like if you're this far into it, you've, you've been with it since the beginning, but uh, Beard and Belly, 6157 North Broadway. Mark, do you remember when Spitalfield announced the breakup on MySpace? Yeah, I do. In, in a bulletin. Seems like forever ago. <laughs> it, and you said MySpace. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it does seem like forever ago. That's correct. Yeah, conventional wisdom says you left while on top. I guess that's the showbiz rule, right? Well, on top is is a relative, you know, way to look at it, I suppose. But yeah, musically I mean, speaking, yeah. We, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, we 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 felt like we were actually really hitting stride when yeah. we when we called it. So I mean, yeah, that's I like that observation. Thank you. I mean, if you're gonna go out, go out when people are like, "Holy shit, they're at the peak of their form." Yeah, <laughs> better. It, it didn't. It away. didn't feel good though. I'll tell you that much. It did not feel good to walk away from it. But you know that the, those were the the. the at that time, that was the decision that we felt like we had to make, and, and we made it. So, yeah, it was rough. And all the albums are on vinyl now? Um, you know, the three Victory albums are on vinyl. The um, the first full length that was on the local label, Sinister and Walking mm-hmm. Cold, that's not on vinyl. And then the, the EP that came between those things is also not. But the three full lengths that most people would be familiar with are, yes, they're available. The Remember Right Now has been out of print for a while, but it's out there. You can find it. So between Walt Disney World and Victory Records, which is the friendliest place on earth? (laughs) Um, What was the question? (laughs) Uh, Remember Right Now came out 19 years ago. Oh, my God. Which, again, seems crazy. What do you remember about that time? Yeah. Um, I I remember that we were essentially deciding whether or not we were prepared to, like, hit pause on everything else in 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 our lives mm-hmm. to get into a 15 passenger van and peace out for a while <laughs> and and it was um it was exciting as what it was because we were a band that you know we had been a band for a number of years we started when you know jd the drummer and i um we were sophomores in high school and you know we we knew we wanted to make music but you know, even when we were graduating high school and going into college, he was going to UIC, I was going to Columbia, I was going for music composition. It was like, what can we do to get out of here and to mm-hmm. like actually make music a thing? So when there when there became some interest, so you, know, you, were, you were driven. Back yeah, then. yeah. And, and we were just, I mean, over the moon excited that there were labels showing interest in us. And of course, you mentioned Victory, but you know, they're in our backyard. But that that didn't seem like an obvious choice to us because we didn't think that any label of that size or whatever yeah. would, would take interest in us. So, you know, we were very excited. And, and what I remember most about it was just that, you know, we were practicing all the time. We were booking our own shows as, as best we could for like, you know, over school breaks or whatever. We were booking our own little mini Midwest tours. We were trading shows with other bands. We were building a fan base to a point where there were people coming to our shows that weren't our friends. And that was a big deal. <laughs> so, I, I get you know, it. yeah. So uh, better than knowing where you are. I think Curtain Call is my favorite song on the album, and mm. I think it's kind of a dark horse choice on that one. Yeah, right. And also, like, not knowing it was going to be the final record <laughs> kind of seems fitting, right? Uh-huh. Uh, how do you love somebody more? I feel useless. I feel tired. Yeah. I feel aged and uninspired. I already referenced the song earlier. 
your solo career, the post-Spitalfield years, uh, is this a more vulnerable, transparent Mark Rose? To a certain extent. I think the first thing I did was move dramatically away from what I'd been doing in the band because, you know, not not away from the songwriting part of it, but away from the, like, rock, indie, emo, punk stuff because, you know, Spitalfield was literally a band for, you know, just short of a decade. Mm -hmm. So rather than just starting another band and picking up where we left off, I was like, I'm just going to figure it out and do my own thing for a little bit. And I kind of started writing songs, which then accidentally kind of turned into my first EP. And it was very different. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, people who grew up with the band, you know, went two different ways on it because some people just really wanted more of what the band was doing. And other people were like also growing up with me and wanted something else that was a little different. So I think it's more vulnerable because there's less input from other people. So it's like I'm pouring more of myself in that way. But, you know, I, I... I don't know. Like, I, I think that I put out enough stuff solo that I eventually kind of found the middle ground maybe that I had wanted the whole time, which was like, you know, not just trying to be a singer-songwriter, but also, you know, incorporating full band type things yes. to what I'm doing. And, you know, am I itching to, like, write a rock record? Like, yeah, probably, because I haven't released anything like that in a long time. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting. Well, I'm just thinking about those those fans who maybe were reluctant to let you go in a different direction. Yeah. I think It's Cold Out There was probably like a, a call to call to arms, like things aren't the same anymore. Right. You, you had that like 70s sexy vibe with yeah. horns. Like, yeah. A little bit of an about face. Yeah. And you know what? Like I, even now, like I... I have always found that like my music taste is is pretty eclectic and I think everyone's is but we we don't allow people to to show that off that's right and like I just kind of ran with it being like I can have like a rhythm section that is like you know hired guns who are going to do kind of what I am am envisioning and it's not really you know the collaboration part of it is jamming with them but it's not the same as writing with a band and 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 I think there's pros and cons that come with that you know I absolutely miss the collaborative nature of being in a band and having you know other people to be accountable to or vice versa but I also kind of loved for a while just being like well I'm bringing in a horn section I'm bringing in this I'm bringing in that and you know those those kind of things, those experiences, I wouldn't trade for anything because, you know, I mentioned when I was at Columbia, I was there for music composition. Like, I still love the idea of writing music, not just for myself, but for other people and mm-hmm. for, you know, film scores and for, you know, all sorts of things. So it, it was definitely fun for me to do that. But reality sets in, too, because it's, it's me against the world. And if, if, I, <laughs> if I don't put myself out there, then no one's knocking on my door to drag me out. Right. <laughs> so in theory, if someone wants to speed up the process of you recording a rock song, they should go to Downright, down W-R-I-T-E, <laughs> yeah. and say, hey, Mark Rose, uh, I'm having a quinceanera, and I, I, want, uh, I want a rock song for it. <laughs> yeah. I just did on Downright a song that sounds the most like anything I've done since Spittlefield that sounded like Spittlefield, and it was because the person who made that request not only went with like the studio-level production, but they also like quite you know literally spelled out, being like, I'm looking for that, you know, track 11 to remember right now which doesn't exist right so like i i got myself in that mindset when i was writing it and and tracking it and it felt good it was fun i i love as you tell these stories i mean i i know this is what you live and this is your business but i get excited like i i I understand this from an artist and a business perspective but i really get this from a fan perspective Mm -hmm. and i think this is a real opportunity just 
just you mentioned the wedding idea and mm-hmm. the soundtracks. There's so many cool things that you can do with all these cool artists. And what's fun too, yes, we know about Richard Patrick of Filter. We know about you. We know about Bob Nana. But just kind of bouncing around the site and discovering new artists too. That's that's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. The discovery part is 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 nice because. You know, we wanted the profiles to be different than just the copy-paste bios that are on other social media pages. We wanted it to have a little bit of a first-person type thing going on. And, you know, artists can have examples of their work, but they can also talk about their process if they they choose to. And they can, you know, put up different photos that maybe aren't the photos that are all over their normal social media. And they can put themselves out there to say, hey, do you want me and a guitar? Or do you want me to, like, pull out all the stops and go in the studio and bring my band? You know, and that's cool, too. I love it. All right, so Downright, the website is? Mm-hmm. Downright.com, and that's right, W-R-I-T-E. And uh, I can't thank Kyle enough, Beard and Belly. Uh, your hospitality has been so kind and generous uh, sharing. Thanks for having me on the, uh, the, the podcast. This has been fantastic. Uh, I, I'm full. I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the holiday weekend. I am. Good. <laughs> they, they make good leftovers, too, that, you know, so. <laughs> I, I am good. I'm done eating. I, are you good, Mark? Oh, I'm, I'm more than good. And like I said, I, I should have advised you to bring a cooler because I, I want you to take this stuff and just do what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Well, I have children, too, so. Yeah. My kids love Beard and Belly. They, the mac and cheese we do, they request it all the time, and uh, mac and cheese with bacon and peas. and uh, and the bait. peas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they love they love, that's how, And they eat their, their vegetables that way, too. So the, they eat burgers, too, from, from here. And, uh, yeah, anything. They love they love Beard and Belly, which is I, great. I'm saying this respectfully. This is hangover food. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, I mean, we're not, not drinkers. So, you know, we make our food for the things that we uh we like doing, which is, uh, you know, eating and drinking and having a good time and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then that results in, you know, you need to eat something in the morning. So we're here for you, uh, you know, for brunch and everything else like that, too. So definitely, uh, definitely hang out. That's a compliment. You know, oh, yeah. I, I take it as a compliment. And I got to figure out what stuff from the menu my 10 month old son can eat. And at this point, it's pretty much anything that you cut up real small. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what French we can fries. do. They always, they uh, like maybe fries. the potato bun that the burger comes on, like tear that up into little pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have all, all three of us have kids, too, uh, the owners that are here the most. And so we, uh, we're well versed in the you know, stuffing noodles into people's uh, faces and stuff like that to get them <laughs> to eat. So, <laughs> All right, guys, this was super fun. This is, you know, I, people ask me all the time who want to get into podcasting, how long should a podcast be? And I always say, well, it should be as long as it's interesting. And yeah. as a result, I think without even trying, most of my podcast episodes clock in at like 25 or 30 minutes. Yeah. We're, we're over an hour. Wow. Like, oh, there's just so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't, usually I, I kind of edit it in my head and I kind of know when we hit the point where, okay, it's time to, time to move on. Uh, this was the, one of the easiest conversations I've had in a while. So thank you both for, oh, for being part of this. It was a ton of fun. Thank you. It was. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me and for supporting Beard and Belly and, you know, all your contributions to the Chicagoland music scene over the years. Like, I, you know, I, I was excited to be on the show, uh, first and foremost, but then also just on a personal note, like, you know, you've been supportive of me and my peers. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good chemistry i think you know and you, you mentioned kyle and i grew up together and it's like well we grew up with your voice too that's nice. so that's very true yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> and that's nice all right thank you for watching if you're watching on facebook or youtube thank you for listening uh support these guys support downright support beard and belly uh really easy to do great product great food